Life's Assessment. I was intrigued when I read in Genesis 47 the greeting the elderly Jacob gave to Pharaoh. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life, and they have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers. What a sad commentary Jacob gave of his life. No mention of the latter reaching up to heaven when he caught a glimpse of God, who said to him, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you're lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. God, it seems, had already forgiven him for deceiving his father and stealing the birthright and was proceeding with his intention to pass on the blessing he'd given to Abraham and Isaac. Nor did Jacob mention his wrestling with God when his name was changed, blessed him yet again, saying, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. You will become a great nation, even many nations. And I, God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. You will become a great nation, even many nations. And I will give you the land I once gave Abraham and Isaac. In fact, he never mentioned any of the many miraculous events that occurred in his life. Not the least of which was the reunion with his son Joseph. Instead, he viewed his many years as few and evil. This got me to wondering at the other final words people have spoken over the centuries, how they assessed their life's journey. The famous artist and sculptor Leonardo da Vinci seemed overly modest, for he said, I have offended God and mankind because my work did not reach the quality it should have. Perhaps he believed that his painting of the Mona Lisa or the Last Supper lacked the incredible genius that centuries of admirers have claimed. Christopher Columbus, on the other hand, the explorer discovered America, illustrated his trust in God, saying, Into your hands I commend my spirit, committing his next adventure, eternity, into the trusted hands of the Lord. German Lutheran reformer said simply that he wanted nothing but heaven, recognizing that this is where his life's journey was going, and that's all he ever wanted. Harriet Tubman, famous Underground Railroad guide, sang with her loved ones the well-known spiritual she'd used to lead many to safety, Swing Low, Sweet Chariot as she made her journey to her eternal home. Blues singer Bessie Smith, whose lifetime of songs spoke of sorrow, died with hope, saying, I'm going, but I'm going in the name of the Lord. What is your current life assessment? What will be the words that you speak about your life? It's never too early or too late to make this assessment. Well-loved President Nelson Mandela said, what counts in life is not the mere fact that we've lived, it's what difference we've made to the lives of others that will determine the significance of the life we lead. That's likely why he also said, 
those who conduct themselves with morality, integrity, and consistency need not fear the forces of inhumanity and cruelty. Is this an assessment that we can currently make? What can we learn and share from our life experiences? Mark Shuttleworth, South African entrepreneur, spent eight days in space, says this about his life. I don't expect my flight to produce a generation of astronauts or cosmonauts back home, but I hope it will encourage people to pursue their dreams. Our patriarch Abraham's last written words illustrated his dreams when he told his most trusted servant Elimelech to find Isaac, a wife from his homeland. His greatest was concern was for the spiritual and emotional welfare of his son, and he wanted to ensure that his future descendants would be blessed by God and be a blessing. Likewise, Isaac's final words to his son Jacob were similar. He had obviously learned from his father the wisdom of having a God-fearing wife, for he instructed Jacob, you must not marry any of these Canaanite women. Instead, go at once to the house of your grandfather Bethuel and marry one of your uncle Laban's daughters. May God pass on to you and your descendants the blessings he promised to Abraham. Isaac wanted to ensure that God's spiritual legacy would continue throughout the next generations. Although Jacob may have suggested that his life was filled with hardship, nonetheless, at the end of his day, 17 years after entering Egypt and speaking to Pharaoh, he remembered the presence and promises of God, saying to his son Joseph, May the God before whom my grandfather Abraham and my father Isaac walked, the God who's been my shepherd all my life, to this very day, the angel who is redeemed from all harm, may he bless these boys, Jacob's sons. The memory of God's promises was ever in their minds, and they left this earth assuring their loved ones that their God would not fail them. Job, who, like Jacob, initially assessed his life as one of suffering, moaned, I am disgusted with my life. Let me complain freely. My bitter soul must complain. That was Job 10.1. Well, by Job 10.12, his words were different. You gave me life. He said this was his testament of trust in God despite his suffering, and his assessment was that God was always with him. Similarly, the soaring prophet Jeremiah also wept at his suffering, saying, Why was I ever born? My entire life has been filled with trouble and sorrow and shame. Yet we know, we know that he continued, he persisted in sharing the message of God to the resistant people. The prophet Jonah had the same thoughts in the belly of the whale, saying, As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Moses' last words were to speak a blessing over each tribe as he prepared to part this earth. And in laying hands upon his spiritual son Joshua, he assured him with these words, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you and will be with you. He will never fail you nor abandon you. 
Despite the years of hardship that Moses endured while guiding the rebellious children of Israel, he still recognized God's presence and strength throughout his trials. King David realized his thorny journey from shepherd to king could only have been orchestrated by the goodness and mercy of the God he loved. He records as much in his many psalms, my life is an example to many because you, Lord, have been my strength and protection. And despite his many times of crying out to the Lord about his hardships, he still said, he, God, fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like eagles, finally proclaiming, you are all I really want in life. The Apostle Paul, for him, life assessment was most profound. For he says, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And he trusted as his end drew near that his life would bring honor and glory to God. At the end, he proclaimed, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I remain faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing, all of us, beloved. But the final answer for life's assessment is found in Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. For he writes, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And to do so, Jesus willingly sacrificed his life so we may have life. Now, he says, I'm departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I'm coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that no one was lost except the one headed for destruction of the scriptures foretold. Now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so they would be filled with joy. And thus he could say while nailed on the cross for our redemption, it is finished, having accomplished all he was given to do. Let's pray that we can say the same, that in assessing our lives, we can remember his goodness, his protection, his grace, declare his promises to the next generation, be assured that the race we have won is not run, is not in vain, that we have worked to bring the word to others and Christ's joy to their hearts, that our heavenly home awaits us and the crown of righteousness is the prize for our surrendered life. Amen, beloved. Amen.